You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. Uh, we are joined by returning guest and podcaster extraordinaire, uh, Nico Giansopoulos. Welcome back to the show, bud. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. I'm super excited. It's um, it's kind of weird. Like now I feel like I'm under pressure that, you know, you're going to be critiquing everything I do and all that kind of stuff. So how did the idea for, uh, for the podcast come about and how much convincing did it take on uh, to get you to do it? Uh, well, it just came about from a casual text from Owen uh, saying, would you be interested in doing a, a podcast? Uh, sparked my interest. Uh, and then he kind of started explaining a bit more of how he was the idea of a goalkeeper podcast, me interviewing, you know, high profile goalkeepers. Um, so it didn't really take much convincing. The thing that was uh, that really like caught my eye was the guests he right away uh, were yelling out because right away when I heard a goalkeeper podcast, I'm like, oh, I mean, a bunch of people have been doing that, like on Insta- Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, like USL keepers yep. and stuff like that. But then when he started saying names like, you know, Shaka Hislop, uh, Gary Bailey, uh, Steph LeBay, like proper big names uh, in, you know, global scale, um, it didn't take much convincing. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm interested in the media space, obviously. So uh, a chance to to dive in and, and have my own podcast. Uh, it was a good idea. Yeah. I mean, like I just, uh, I was just listening to the one with uh, Gary Bailey there before we started and uh wow what a what a guy to like just like when he's talking about uh having gardening gloves as like for starting off and stuff like that was kind of funny like but um so so Owen kind of seems like uh, obviously he took over last year um uh, as the uh, media person at, at York um he just seems to be like fizzing with ideas like how fun is it to actually work with him yeah, it's been a blast, to be honest. I mean, a lot of the credit for the the podcast really does have to go to him. Uh, he's working tremendously hard on it. But I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he's kind of like my, myself a little bit, just always has new ideas. And, and he has an idea and he actually like does it right away. Like no hesitation. I think if you look at our, our club social media, like it just varies from so many different things. So it's awesome. I think it's the, the new age of, uh, you know, sports media. So um, the only thing I don't like about the podcast is his in his bit in the middle when he like his horrible Irish accent comes in and ruins things. Would he not let you do that bit yourself? Did he have to be part of the podcast himself? He just couldn't let you take all the credit? Yeah, I mean, I had a feeling uh, the, the Irish beef between you two was going to come up at some point during this interview. Uh, but no, personally, I think uh, anything soccer related, if you do it in a UK accent, it sounds a lot cooler, so uh, he should definitely. Uh, I, I'm not going to take that job away from him. So, so the thing is, like, you're going to have a beef with me and him if you say we have a UK accent when we're from Ireland. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this might be the end of your podcasting career. You might be uh, about to uh, get fired. So, so like, as like, I don't actually think there's that many podcasts dedicated just to goalkeepers. I know you said that there's ones where uh on on instagram live you'll see like the, the odd one pop up and stuff for like that but like what are you learning yourself from the experience and like are, are you actually going to be able to bring some of this to your own game do you think yeah that's an interesting thing the one thing that uh i'm noticing is like 
the there's the way they think is very mental. And I think when they when they do talk about goalkeeping, you could pick up that the little things that they're talking about might not really relate to you know the physical stuff. It's a lot like uh, mental. Um, so it just kind of like uh, shows how you know how much uh, mental the position is. Little things of just like resiliency, toughness. Uh, I think that's been the common themes that you've seen uh, throughout all the guests. Um, and yeah, I just think, you know, it, it's inspiring hearing their stories. Um, uh, and, uh, just taking that for my game is just you know, something I've been enjoying. Yeah. I mean, like just listening to, uh, I've listened to like three or 40 episodes now, cause you did like a whole big dump of them. There was like three episodes together and I kind of just, uh, I, I got stuck into it like straight away. And I, I definitely noticed that like, you've got a great style like you know how to ask the questions like it's very difficult for me to ask a goalkeeper question because even when I, the little bit i played when i was a kid i was never a goalkeeper so it's hard to kind of understand what's going on so it's a great way for people who have never been goalkeepers to learn what the position is like it's like so how lonely can the position be and how do you like how do you like overcome that kind of like because it's just you and another guy pretty much going for the same position so like how difficult and how lonely position can it be yeah, it's a. It can be lonely, but it's it's not as bad as people might think because usually we've been goalkeepers our entire lives, so we've learned to deal with kind of, um, kind of being on your own and and having you know you know dealing with it on your own. But, um, so 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 it's normal. Um, but I mean, again, if you have a good uh, team around you and a good group around you, you don't really feel alone. I think. It, you know, maybe in the moments you feel alone, but uh, afterwards, uh, if you got a good support system, uh, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. It's a fun <laughs> position. Don't don't get me wrong. It's in my opinion, it's the best position on the field. So I mean, I mean, like you, uh, obviously, you need to be a great communicator when you're a goalkeeper. Like, so how is that uh, helping you? Like, to because I'm sure the first time you did the podcast, this big name it's you you're probably like shitting yourself to be perfectly honest but like so how did that how did that help you like uh like to, to get going in the the whole thing yeah i mean i think uh i think for one i'm just a people person uh overall so i just like talking uh the good thing about a podcast <laughs> is i get an idea where i i try not to be like an interviewer i try just to relate to them on like a different level um but yeah i'm not gonna lie i was a bit nervous uh, about uh, doing the first episode um but yeah i know it, it's funny like as soon as we the podcast really starts like i'll uh, i might get nervous at the beginning because it's something new to me but then you know the first questions we're talking about is goalkeeping and something that i just can talk about for days uh really so then you find that common ground like immediately with the person and then you don't really view him as like this high profile athlete or, or role model i just view him as I like a fellow goalkeeper, part of the union. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So um, obviously uh, we've seen you move cities. Why did you think it was the right time to move from Calgary back to, uh, to you're from Ontario, I think, right? Um, yeah. Why did you think it was the right sure. time to do it? And how have you been settling in? Because it's obviously been a shit show with uh, not being able to train properly and da 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 da. So uh, what, what's it been like? Yeah, so I mean, which one do you want me to answer first? What it was like? Yeah, uh, uh, you can the, the the reason why you moved, I suppose. Yeah, um, 
I'm trying not to ask I mean, these yeah. like I'm trying not to ask these like interview questions. I'm trying to have like a, a chat at the pub. So um, you've already you're already feel I already feel critiqued about this whole fucking thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm giving you the right answers. As a fellow podcast, I, I want to be the best guest possible for you. Um, yeah, I mean the decision to to come to York. Obviously, my contract ended uh, in Calgary. Um, and then me and Tommy had a conversation, Marco ended up coming back. So, uh, uh, again, open, honest conversations uh, with them. And, uh, I just said, I want to see free agency and see what it was like and, and see if any clubs, uh, are interested in me as potentially uh, a number one. Um, and that's, that's what happened. And then the first team to really get a hold of me, well, first of all, I wanted to stay in the league. I wanted to stay in the CPL. I think I had like unfinished business. I wanted to establish myself as a one. So, uh, looking abroad or looking at a different league, I, I just, I felt like I wasn't done in the CPL yet. So I knew I wanted to come back to the CPL. So the first club that got a hold of me uh, was, uh, was Angus at, at York. Um, again, that's my hometown club. So uh, that when I was looking at free agency, obviously York was the club uh, I was eyeing. I, I've been away from home for, I think, seven years now. So to be able to play uh, in front of my parents was a huge draw. Um but yeah, you know, the, the situation had to be right. And then speaking with Angus, um, you know, he, he pitched me the idea that he was doing, obviously the club's going through a bit of a rebuild. Um, and I, I mean, after that, I was kind of sold. I, I want to be a one and, and who doesn't want to be a one in their hometown. Um, <clears throat> so that, that's how I came here since coming here. Um, I mean, you got to give the club credit. They've been dealt a terrible hand. Yep. Obviously COVID has uh, really ruined a lot of things for us. Um but everything that they can control, they've they've been great. Um, you know, they, they got me moved in uh, into the apartment here as soon as I got back uh, into the city. So that was great. Um, taking care of me as much as they can, uh, always keeping in touch. And, you know, we were training for a little bit. So, you know, you got to be with the staff and a little bit of the boys. But it's been difficult. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, uh, you know, glass half full kind of guy. So it's, okay. uh, it's not as bad as it could be. So, I mean, like, obviously, last Friday, David Klanikin came out and released a statement about, like, the, the, the league starting, hopefully, mid-June. Mid uh, how, how realistic do you think that is, considering that, I mean, like, you guys haven't, you guys still aren't training yet. Like, the Wanderers are in lockdown probably until the second week in June, but, but it sounds like things here in Nova Scotia. Like, I mean, it, it just seems to be, like, one setback after another. But, like, uh, when do you think is realistic when we can expect to have a season? Yeah, I mean, again, everything I say here is going to be speculation. I think mid-June is going to be diff. It, I mean, it's going to be tough if if that's what happens. Then, I mean, right now it's May twentieth, and uh, we haven't had a proper team session uh, in a long time. So we'd be uh, a bit uh, some catching up to do. So um, that would be tough. You know, maybe uh, when's Canada Day? Isn't Canada Day? Like uh, July, July. Yeah, yeah. That that so, would be that would be perfect, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, I think that makes sense. You know, we get somewhere, we at least get four-week preseason, um, and then we do a bubble and we bang it out and we try to be champions. So um, I think that makes more sense. But if it's June 19th, then, uh, you know, <laughs> I got to go. I got to yeah. go. I, I can't be doing this. I got to be getting better at soccer. <laughs> so so what's the, like uh, last year you had the uh, the bubble and I, like I've talked to quite a few players about the experience and uh, 
you obviously made the best of a, a bad situation, but the, the the prospect of going back into the same kind of scenario, like uh, how do you feel? Like, I mean, how did it? How does that affect your mental health? And how do you feel about how, the prospect of being like tucked away again for another month? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because obviously the bubble wasn't uh, the most fun experience I've ever had in my life last year, but uh, I, I haven't played soccer in so long now. So when they tell me, yeah, we're going to a bubble, um, I'm excited. Like, that's my honest to God answer. I'm just happy I could play soccer in some capacity. Put me in the bubble, put me uh, in regular markets, put me on the moon. I just want to play soccer. And uh, uh, yeah, so I, I'm excited. And I mean, again, I was having this conversation with my with my parents the other day. It's, uh, you know, I've been we've been off for, for a while now. And, you know, to just go in a bubble and just be stuck with only soccer and that's all you can think about and just obsess about it. Um, I think that's the best way to kind of get back into the swing of things. So there's no distractions. All it is is football. So, uh, yeah, that's my mental health will be through the moon just because I'll be playing. I'm always happier when I'm playing. I, I just, uh, I, I just, I kind of want you to do it just so I can see your videos of uh, rating the food. <laughs> yeah, yeah who knows? Maybe we'll see if that works. See if the food gets significantly better this year. I, I, I hope so. I hope they take on board your uh, your amazing feedback. So, um, uh, as you said there, like I mean, uh, Angus has. Uh, done quite a lot since he's taken over at, uh, at York. So, what sort of what sort of a vision did he uh, sell to you to get you to come to? Like, uh, is it? Are we talking about a short term plan here to get them to the top, or are we talking about a kind of slightly longer plan uh, to to get York kind of just consistently near the top? Like, what kind of plan did he sell to you to get you to move? Tough question. I mean, to be honest, I mean, he he explained to me how uh, the players he was thinking of bringing in or the kind of players, I should say, uh, bringing in, you know, a young team. Uh, the foreigners that we we're going to get are also going to be exciting. Um, I knew the core that they had here of the young boys from uh, the previous year. And, um, you know, they were exciting. They all had something about them that, uh, you know, you're like, okay, something could really pop off with them. So, um, you know, you mix that. Again, I think I can bring a lot to the team as well. So I think I could add myself into that group. Um, the players that they kept, you know, Roger, uh, Abzi, obviously talented. You got Petrasso. Um, yeah, I mean, it It sounds like an exciting project. How quick is it going to be to the top? I mean, hopefully this year, hopefully one year and we could do it. Um, but I don't think you put uh, all your hopes in, you know, this year or bust. Um, obviously, there was a big turnaround. So you got to be... Um, just got to take things as it comes mix in COVID with it. So it makes things a bit more difficult and a bit more unpredictable um, this year. So um, yeah, it's an exciting team an exciting project. I know something new and it's a new challenge for me. So I've all, I'm also the old guy on the team. So uh, that's something <laughs> that crazy. Well. So uh, uh, it's been cool, you know, mixing up with the young guys. <laughs> so uh, speaking of Petrasso there, like uh, he's obviously had a, a very successful loan spell in london i saw his instagram today with his picture he had a, a picture of regent street and i was like bastard but i mean did, did you but did any of that kind of thing come up for you at the opportunity to go on loan because i mean it's obviously done him the world of good and he'll be raring to go when the season does start i think i, I think that's uh, one of my main goals uh, by the end of the at the end of this season is to try to secure something uh, on loan 
uh, more so just to, to, again, get more experience. I mean, I was in, I've been a number one my entire career and in the, in the last two years, uh, I was a number two. So, so games were limited, uh, mixing COVID and a long delay. So uh, I just want to get more and more games under my belt. So uh, if, uh, if a loan opportunity uh, presents itself uh, again, I'm a hundred percent open to it and actually looking for that. So how did you find the transition from being a number one to being a number two in behind Marco? Like, was it, was it tough? Like, did you like, did you start to doubt yourself even? No, ne- never doubted myself uh, one bit. I think one thing that has stuck with me the entire uh, process has been uh, my belief uh, in myself. Um, but uh, was it a bit of a transition? Sure. Uh, probably a bit, again, just not used to playing a week in week out, but everything kind of stayed the same. Uh, I like my training stayed the exact same. My attitude stayed the same. Uh, I'm very much a team guy. So, um, when it came to the game day, if I can help on the field, I was going to make sure, you know, I was a good teammate and a good support and make sure the morale was good and, and you know, whatever, whatever comes within it in every single game. Um, and again, I, I couldn't have done it with a better, you know, goalkeeper group there, Marco. We got along great. We pushed each other. You know, uh, I think we both learned from each other as well. It was a great relationship that we had. And then, I mean, the biggest thing is you just want to feel respected. Um, and in that locker room, I felt like I had every player's respect. Um, so you know, I didn't feel like a number two, even though I, I was considered a number two. I just felt like we were both number ones. Uh, we just happened to play for the same club and we had the same goal was to win. So, um, uh, yeah, it was, uh, that's how I would, I would explain the experience, to be honest. Uh, I love that, like that you're kind of both number ones is pushing each other and it's like obviously going to make you both better goalkeepers. So, so I know you probably haven't had much time to spend with, with, with Jimmy, but um, apart from them both being really well-dressed, uh, what's um, what's what's the differences and similarities between uh, Jimmy and Tommy, who are they're obviously like two of the top managers in the league right now? So, Yeah, I mean, I've, again, I haven't worked with uh, Jimmy much. We had three sessions, but um, it's, it's funny. Like, they both love like high intense competition, uh, training sessions. And, and I love that just competing, uh, going against each other. Um, that I thought that's what Tommy did really well. And from the short time I've worked with Jimmy, uh, that's what I see as well. I, I think they're both like, they're, they can relate to the players really well. Uh, Jimmy obviously has played Tommy being young and kind of working with the youth and, and knowing like Canadian, uh, players, uh, you know, they're both like guys, uh, you want to play for and are excited to play for. Nice, nice. So uh, obviously we have like uh, Tom and Jerry, Waldolf, and Statler, Roy Keane, uh, Mika Richards. How sad was it to break up uh, Camargo, uh, Jane Sophilis? <laughs> yeah, and how, was, uh... and how are you coping? <laughs> <laughs> I, think I'm, I think I'm struggling more with that uh, <laughs> than, uh, than COVID. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was devastating. Obviously he's my best friend. Um, we got to play together. What a blast. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's just football, right? I mean, most best friends could, can never say they played together. So obviously, uh, we got to do that. got to live together, uh, playing, you know, the, the inaugural year. So what a blast. Who knows? I mean, we might, we might crisscross pass again. We might have something, you know, in the, in the, you know, planning right now to try to sort something out. So who knows? 
Camargo, Gene Sopolis, and uh, Jay Baruchel together at last. <laughs> Owen's got him in his phone, so you know we, we, you never know that might happen. So, um, so I, I noticed online, and you need to explain this to me because I'm I'm old, as you can tell by my beard and whatever. Um, the white ma- the white white whale marketing, and you have this like clothing line. Uh, what what's what's NFT? You need to explain to me what 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 what's going on. Because I love the designs, by the way. Perfect. All right. Well, then I'll, I'll say it as simple as I can because I've tried explaining uh, <laughs> it to my parents and they also don't get it. So, you know, trading cards back in the day used to be the biggest thing. Yep. And they were, you know, you had a physical trading card. And if you had a Michael Jordan trading card or, you know, so, you know, all that, it was a big thing. NFT now, apart from many things, it can be a digital trading card. So it's like the new way things um, are coming. So that's there. You can only buy it with cryptocurrency. Um, So that's also makes it more new school. So the value of it can go up and down based on, you know, what, how that uh, cryptocurrency is doing. So it's difficult. I know, but it's essentially like a digital, what I created was a digital trading card. Um, and so in the thing I'm, I'm, you know, I'm wearing, I'm in gold, but the Jersey I'm wearing is this black top with, you know, the little logo that I have tattooed yep. Love it. on my finger. So have it there. So then if you were to ever purchase the NFT, you could, it comes with this shirt. Um, and then just to kind of celebrate having uh, an NFT, we decided to, you know, make some uh, gear. Uh, it has the logo on it and it's like the NFT collection. So it's not so much a clothing line, but uh, they're all intertwined, connected uh, with the NFT. And uh, again, just ideas that I had. And I'm like, why not? Why not try it out and uh, see if people like them and see what the response is? Yeah, the, the Ben Fist one looks amazing, to be honest. Um, I think he mm-hmm. put more effort into it than you probably. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, um, so looking forward to the new season, what do you think of the squad that Angus and Jimmy have put together? Like, do do you think you guys will be challenging? Like, cause obviously you look at like what, like the other teams have done, like, I mean, the Calgary are bringing in players that are championship level, which is huge. Like Borges is back in forge and, and stuff like that. Like, so how do you think your squad is shaping up for the new season and how far can you go? I mean, I think our squad is exciting. We're young. Um, a lot of local guys, which is also exciting. You know, it brings you know, sometimes, you know, when local guys play for the club, it's just, you know, it means a little bit uh, uh, more to them. Um, yeah, I mean, what what do you want me to say? We're we're not going to be champions. I mean, that's yeah, that's the mentality. I want you I'm to say the Halifax are going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, I think we're the best team. No team's better than us. And uh, if we, it's win or bust. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think our team's exciting, um, especially uh, starting off with the bubble. It it puts a certain element of. Un- unpredictable it's, not, it's unpredictable not predictable who knows i don't know the right wording but uh yeah i think we're we got an exciting team and uh if uh we catch we catch fire look out york united 2021 uh, i know like I, I like looking at it like as an outsider um it's uh, it just feel like 
there's so many like uh, unknown variables that like people don't know an awful lot about some of the players that Angus has brought in, like from South America and stuff like that. And it just takes one or two of those guys to catch fire, and like it's going to be a game changer. You, you know, like, everybody else is kind of gone with tried and trusted. Like I mean, Halifax has taken like players that are uh, like from usl and, and stuff like that and angus has kind of gone with his connections down down south and it, the, the squad looks exciting like i actually like york are the one team that i actually want to see play because i haven't seen an awful lot of the players actually playing so it's going to be it's going to be fun i think it's going to be the good thing but um obviously we had like the big rebrand uh with york united and stuff like that so how's that going down now a couple of months on down the road in the in the neighborhood how's how are the people of york feeling about the uh, the rebrand now because i know at the time there's a little bit of a a pushback yeah um you know it's a good question uh, i've been in lockdown for a long time so i haven't been able to see the people and see what their thoughts are um <laughs> via social media well let's go with the players first i think personally i think it looks great uh, i think it's a nice change i think uh from an aesthetic point of view it looks great the colors are sharp who doesn't want to be wearing some gold um on your on your kit so it's good <clears throat> from the response from the fans, um, I think whenever change happens, you know, you're going to get a bit of both and that is normal. Um, the fans are obviously passionate about, you know, what was your nine and, and, you know, what they had the first two years and it was the beginning, but, uh, you know, sometimes change is good. Um, and I mean, again, the number one thing is, is how we perform on the field. So if we start performing well and, you know, we, uh, you know, show it for the fans and we play for the fans and, you know, they can, we, there's a team there that they can really get behind, you know, they're going to forget that about the rebrand and they're going to love York United and they're going to forget York nine never existed. So it's really up to us to, uh, to convince them. So I, I think Owen is a Manchester United fan. So did the United part come from him? Ha, maybe. I, fu- I fucking knew Who it. Knows? <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! So um, the, my my last question, because uh, obviously I don't want to keep you all all, all day, because I'm. Oh, I don't I'm sure. want to send. Let's keep going. You got. I know. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but have you had a sneak? Have you had a sneak peek at the uh, the new jerseys yet? In person, I have not. Um, I've heard some. Uh, I've heard some rumors about the keeper kits, though. And let me tell you, I'm going to be looking sharp out there. I'm going to nice. be looking good out there. Myself no, uh, and Nate, the best looking keepers in the league for sure. No roadmaps? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I didn't mind it because it had Markham on it, didn't it? So that looked cool. It, it was like... It was probably the worst jersey I've actually ever seen. It's so bad, it's good, and I kind of, I kind of want to just get one just to have it for, uh, just to have it in my collection, just to say like this was actually a thing in the Canadian <laughs> Premier League when it started. Because I'm sure there's people that look back at the MLS when that started, as something like the Kansas City Wizards jerseys and stuff like that, and go like, fucking Jesus. So yeah, I kind of want to. If you can hook me up with one, I'll, uh, I'll definitely appreciate it. So, um, how can people find a podcast, and how can they find you? on social media my friend yeah so the podcast is on any of your favorite podcast streaming platforms uh it's called the last line uh, by york united fc uh so just hopefully type in the last line and it pops up you see a little stick figure in goal uh i guess that's supposed to be me 
Um, so you'll find me, find uh, the podcast there. Give it a listen. We have five episodes, like you said. Uh, the latest episode, Gary Bailey. Um, <clears throat> yeah, obviously. Yeah, good. Uh, how you could find me? I'm on uh, social media. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Uh, Nicolaos Giants. Uh, follow me there. And uh, yeah, for anyone listening to this, if you listen to the podcast, let me know your opinions. And uh, yeah, I'd love to have a conversation about what your thoughts about it are. Amazing. I actually did have one quick, quick question. So if you ever leave York or you get fired, what happens to the podcast? I guess it depends how successful the podcast is. I mean, I guess my goal is make the pop be so good at podcasting that they can't fire me from being a goalkeeper. I always said you were a smart motherfucker. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's how I did it. I, I tricked them. Love it. I love it. Uh, it's not. It's it's not too hard to uh, get one over on Angus and Owen. So yeah, um, man, it's been amazing talking to you. I love the podcast. Anybody uh, gets a chance to check it out. It's a totally different perspective on football. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. And you've had some amazing guests so far. Um, I can't wait to see where this goes. Uh, I guess what. Who would be the dream to get on the podcast? Well, you know what? When and when Owen messaged me about you know starting the podcast, that was like his first question. Like, if you could talk to any goalkeeper in the world, like who would it be? And my answer was Casillas. That's who I like grew up watching, and obviously that would be wicked. So um, I would love to hear like Joe Hart. To be honest, I think he has a great like actual story with everything that happened at Man City, and I'd love to kind of like dive into that. And then he went abroad after being in his home country for so long. So, um, <clears throat> and like he's been a part of like the evolution of he's really been affected of the evolution of the modern goalkeeper. Like he was kind of the last, you know, big, tall, strong shot stopper, command your box, a bit of an old school goalkeeper. Hey, look at me. I'm talking about goalkeeping. I can freaking talk about this all day. <laughs> but and now, you know, then he gets put in a pep system where it's all about, you know, a goalkeeper that has to be good at his feet, great distribution and stuff like that. And then he loses his job. Not even he doesn't become number two, becomes number three, then maybe even number four. And then he goes out on loan and then he leaves the club. I mean, it's just such an interesting story. I would love to get uh, that would be the goal. That would be the I, the, I definitely think that one like just just the sheer decline. It was crazy how he just went off a cliff when I, I, I honestly think that was the, the Euros that did him, the, the the game against Iceland, particularly that kind of just killed his confidence. But yeah, man, it, it's been amazing. I did see Owen uh, trying to reach out to Mark Bosnich on uh, Twitter. So that would be an amazing guest because he's had whew, quite the roller coaster, that guy. We, so we definitely uh, be up for listening to that one. So so thanks a million, Nico. Good luck with the, the, the season. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we get to see it in Halifax and we can hang out and have a couple of points uh, down at Dirty Nellies and talk about goalkeeping. <laughs> I would love to. I told, I told you this last time and we still haven't, I still haven't been to Halifax since, but when I'm there, uh, yep. I got to come get you and come find oh. you. Yeah, exactly, man. It'll be uh, it'll be a good time. Uh, thanks a lot, Mill, for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.